This is Taking the World by Stormy with Stormy Daniels and co-host Dwayne Crawford. Continue listening at your own risk. Stormy Daniels, and you are listening to and watching my podcast, Taking the World by Stormy, and the Rachel Star podcast and vlog talks about the one, two, threes of love, life, and everything in between. Sounds dangerous. It is dangerous. So this is really exciting. Yes, it is. This is so like much to talk about. I know. Gosh, how long have we known each other? Okay. I actually don't remember. Oh, no, 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 no. It was Exotica in New Jersey the first time we ever met. No. What? It was before that? It was in Dallas at a concert. Where you. Oh! <laughs> yes, that is very true. That is true. That is true. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, definitely at a concert, but I don't think we met. Like, we just knew each other were there, right? Right. Well, we saw each other because we had a mutual friend, yeah. James. That yeah. Sort of was running back and forth because he was afraid to introduce us. Yes. Yeah. Which, looking back, he was probably right. Because <laughs> putting us together could be a lot of trouble. Yeah. Well, but it, it, it has been some trouble. <laughs> and, then, and then, yes, we met at Exotica. Yes. And uh, we became friends. Mm-hmm. And then we did a little bit of webcamming. Yes. And then I... Well, had... no, no, no. We did Wicked first, didn't we? Before mm-hmm. we webcam, Or we webcam first. We webcammed first. Uh, you taught me how to, like... Webcam, get everything set up. up. Yeah. yeah, and then um, I really liked you. I was like, oh, this girl's like not only hot and pretty, but she's not stupid. Cause that's you know high priority for me when I was directing for Wicked. And so I wrote, <laughs> I wrote a script you. for you. <laughs> and I, got, I did I shoot your first Wicked movie? You did, and I actually want to talk about that. I want to touch on that because for years in my career, I had never been involved in a feature film. And for those of you that don't know the difference, there's gonzo porn, which is typically like your Bang Bros, your Naughty America, your Brazzers, um, and it's very, very little storyline before you go right into sex. Um, One, two, three, fuck. That's yes, <laughs> exactly. And then you have your feature dance, uh, feature dance, listen mm-hmm. to me. Um, we do that too. Yeah, we do do that too. Um, feature films, and that is where there is a significant um, storyline, and right. that's where you also, like, parodies will come in and things right. like that. And within the f- feature realm, there's the ones that are, like, um, less scripted, sort of like the bigger the bigger sets for browsers or, like, the parodies where they do have, like, a setup or a storyline, but often they're, like, a little bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. And there are those cliche porn stereotypes you hear, like, oh, Mr. Pizza Boy, I don't have enough for your tip, or is that a sausage <laughs> for me? And they're kind of cheeky and cheesy. And then mm-hmm. you have the higher-end features, um, which are the ones that I did mm-hmm. for, for Wicked and some of the stuff for, like, Digital Playground, where they actually edit out the hardcore stuff, and that's the things that you see on late-night Cinemax and Showtime and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Exactly. And so that's more of what I did... Um, and I always take really pride in my scripts because the formula that I used is that if I took out the sex, would the movie still like make sense and yeah. not be too cheesy or over mm-hmm. the top or mm-hmm. campy? And so that's nobody ever really let you do something more serious. No. So I was an internet girl. I was a Gonzo girl. I was really popular with Browsers and Bing Bros and Naughty America. Um, I had done some Elegant Angel and Jules Jordan as far as the DVD mm-hmm. side, but feature. 
um, films I had not done at all. And what I was told over and over again is the reason that Wicked did not want to hire me was because I had a tattoo of a flower right above my hoo-ha and it was distracting. It's more like a target, I would think. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a pretty good target. I mean, it's not like you have 666 tattooed above your badge. Like, yeah. That could be a little off-putting for those cable channels. You yeah. Know, the softcore thing. But no, and, and honestly, I had a misconception because your name was so popular and you had so many followers and stuff. That the fact that I hadn't seen you in feature stuff just as a director told me, or at least what I thought, was bitch can't act. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. know, so I never even tried. And then I met you and was like, there's no way this girl can't read a script. Because mm -hmm. she's not stupid. Mm -hmm. She's one of the smartest, most brilliant businesswomen I've ever met. And so I wrote the script specifically for you. And you told me on set, like, I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're also a filthy liar because you're amazing at this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, it was very, very true. Um, I, I remember being like really nervous because, you know, all I had heard was that, you know, a feature film, you're on set for hours and hours and hours, you know, that there's food catered, but it's just like very, like people are filming over here and you're just kind of sitting. And then when it's your time, like you come in and you just, you, you do your part, but that it is like hours and it hours. Um, which, but I never have with you cause you're like insanely efficient. It was like, go, 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 go. Like your team is so locked in. They've worked for, I have like what I consider to be the best team in the, in the business. And not only are they all very talented and good at what they do, but the other two things is I'm obsessive about the schedule mm -hmm. because I would hate when people wasted my time. And then when talent's just sitting around all day eating carbs, they get burnt out and their makeup starts like, you want to like keep it moving so that they're fresh. Yes. So by the time you do get to the sex. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, exhausted and they still turn in a good sexual performance. Mm -hmm. um, and then my crew, I always felt like go above and beyond for me because I never treat them like crew. Mm -hmm. There's other directors in the business that uh, I won't call out by name, but will order like sushi and stuff for themselves and then fast food for the crew. Yeah. Or when shooting on location, we'll put themselves in the Ritz and put the crew in the Motel 6. No, we have like home cooking, home cooked meals like full blown in a kitchen, like I like food. What was that girl's name? Jamie. Yes. So My she's favorite. in the kitchen. I mean, and this was like full, like full set. And this girl is just like busting out these dishes left and right. And I'm like, holy crap! Like, I don't know if you know this, but do you know why Jamie's cooking is so good and so like it's got all the right things for you? Mm -mm. Her staging was Veronica Hart. She was the original VCA contract star. Well, there you go. She was one of the original Golden Age, like. Contract girls. Wow. Holy crap. The things you learn. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was always told um, that it was too distracting. My tattoo was too distracting and that I wouldn't be good for feature films because of that. And it didn't make any sense to me because tons of girls shoot in feature films that have tattoos in all various places. I have a giant tattoo in the same place. Yeah. And it, it was just, I'm like, well, I don't understand. Like, what is the deal? And I never understood it. And I just thought, you know, I'm like, I show up on set on time. Yeah. Like I do my job. Like, I know that there's no way anybody could be like, oh, don't hire Rachel. Like you'll be on set all day or she's a horrible performer or yeah. you know, whatever. Like I honestly never understood. And so I just chopped it up. Like it's gotta be politics for some reason. Okay. So the real question is who did you piss off or refuse to have sex with at Wicked?
<laughs> I was never. It wasn't me. She had sex with me. I did have sex with you. <laughs> um, I I honestly was never propositioned ever. Like That's I, so I never I talked know. to anybody. I never. Nothing. And it's the same thing. Like um, Vivid didn't shoot me for the longest, longest time. Actually, I think it was maybe the year before you shot mm-hmm. me. Or it might have been the year after. I think it was after because I think you told me like, oh, Sal, now that you've shot me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it was. Yeah. So it was the year after finally I got one for Vivid. Um, and then and then after that, like, I think that was my one and only for Vivid. Um, well, they kind of stopped doing features. Oh, did they? Yeah, because they kind of moved into that celebrity sex tape thing. and okay. Which, let's talk about that for a second. Okay. There's something in our business called 2257. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so these, like, stolen footage sex tape things are fake because there's no way you could release footage without a model release. Yeah, exactly. So none of those are real, in my opinion, because they can't be. Yeah, it's the same thing with, like, Bang Bros, like the the Bang Bus, right? Like, there's no way we can be riding around in a bus and, like, scoop some people off the street and then all of a sudden just start having sex with them. We have to know if they're tested. Right. We have to have a model release. There's got to be 2257. We need copies, you know, the bunny ears. Oh, yeah, the IDs. Yeah, you know, we have to have pictures with our IDs next to a newspaper for that day. Um, so there's all kinds of little things, but it, it's just a play into the fantasy. But there's no way. Yeah, I was going to say, now that we've ruined everyone's fantasies. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, that reminds me of, you know, some celebrity gossip. I don't know if you even know the story. I went to the anniversary, the E. 20th anniversary red carpet and Kim Kardashian refused to take a picture with me. No. Yeah, like, well, she didn't, but we were walking the carpet together and somebody was like, oh, Stormy, Kim, take a picture. And she went to and her assistant grabbed her and whispered something in her ear and she's like, <gasps> and walked away. And I was like, bitch, don't act like you're better than me. I wish I had the number one selling DVD this week on avn.com, but it's not, it's use. Because it was when she had... Yeah. Her, She's still, like, what, top 20 on Pornhub for, like, something from years. one scene from, like, 15 yeah. years ago or something. But yeah. I just thought it was really funny that she refused to take a picture with a porn star when, basically, she was actually outselling me at that moment as a porn star. Yeah. Ugh. Hypocrites. But she's so pretty in person. Have you ever Is met... She? No. Oh, my God. It, it, her skin, it hurts to look at her. Really? Yeah. She's really beautiful. It's annoying. Well, she's Armenian, right? Yeah. Like, they're naturally really, really good skin. Yeah. What happened to Paris Hilton's? Why is she not in the top of Pornhub? Like she, I mean, if Kim Kardashian is 15 years old, I mean, wasn't it Paris Hilton? That she did it first. Yeah, she was the first one one night in Paris. And then a bunch of people obviously did it after. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure why. Guys, I've never seen Maybe her. Maybe Kim's just a better lay. Maybe. She's got that booty. Yeah. For sure. And then, you know, after we shot that first movie of you, I had to come back and do a couple of other scenes for me. And then I put you in my one of my passion projects that we Mm -hmm. shot in Texas. Yes. um, Unbridled. Yes. Which is the big horse movie I did, one of my favorites. And you did a great scene in that, too. Yeah, that was awesome. Which I almost got a speeding ticket. Uh, My horse almost kicked your car, remember? (laughs) No, it wasn't my horse. It was not my horse. My horse is well-behaved. She pulled up, and you know, Rachel drives a very nice um, sports car, and she pulled up at the stable and parked it, and one of the horses got loose, remember? <laughs> and it goes, it goes galloping towards her very nice car, and I just remember going, oh, that's not in the budget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I was leaving there, so we had shot, and it was late at night, and all I'm thinking is, like, 
oh, don't take the main highway, just take these backcountry roads and you'll be able to speed through, like no problem, sit through and just hurry up and get home. And no, that was a bad decision on my part. So, but the guy was really cool. He gave me off, he got me off with a warning. He got, got me off. off. <laughs> With a warning. No, he because we're like twelve year old boys. Now. I know, I know. How oh, did he get you off? Yes, yes, girl. Everybody watching right now was like, oh, oh, this, <laughs> this is not a podcast. This is their new scene. Yes. No, but uh, he pulled me over, and I literally, I was just, I was just immediately, I turned my car off, I took my hands off the wheel, I already had my ID and like my um, insurance, and I handed it to him, and I was like. I was 100% speeding. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I'm not from like this area. I live in Dallas. You can see on my driver's license. I'm just trying to hurry and get home. It's late. But yes, I absolutely was speeding. And he just kind of looked at me and like took my stuff and he was like, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm like, fuck the ticket. And all I'm thinking really is like, how annoying is this going to be? Because this is nowhere close to Dallas. Mm -hmm. Like, how am I going to find an attorney to handle this? I'm sure this? it was a sheriff. Yeah, because I'm like damn sure not driving all the way no. back down to handle it. So how am I going to find an attorney in this area to handle this ticket when I'm traveling all over the place? And he just comes back and he was like, take this as a warning. And he was like, I'm going to need you to slow down. And you should also keep in mind in your very nice car that if a deer or a cow or something. A cow. Animals, <laughs> Welcome to I Texas, y'all. Yeah, I swear to God, that's what he said. He was like, if a deer or a cow or something was loose and shot out in front of you, it would total your car in yeah. the middle of the night. And which duly noted, like, I know better, you know, being a country girl myself, but we're just trying to get home, we're trying to get home. But I was like, I will take that warning, sir. Thank you very much. That's, that's really funny because just to demonstrate what a country girl Rachel is at heart, uh, the first conversation you and I ever had, you spent a large part of, like, 15 minutes convincing me to go to a barbecue place that was, like, a 45-minute drive away. <laughs> Do you remember that? You're like, you have to go to this place. Yes. Yeah, I think it was Fat Cow Barbecue. I can't remember the name, but it was really far away, and I did go. Yeah, yeah. And she was totally right. So if she recommends a restaurant to you, you could trust her. Especially if it's barbecue. Especially if it's barbecue. <laughs> yes. So what is going on? So you're traveling all over the place. We yeah. um, have, so this is kind of how we are. It's like, bam, like we're together, and it's like long lost friends, like don't even miss a beat, and then there'll be months on yeah. end where we don't see each other. Um, we but, just keep up on social media, and yes. I'm like, oh, she's doing this really cool thing. And so, yeah. you know, we, if we do text, it's like one of us texts the other at like three o'clock in the morning, just yeah. because that's when I'm like, oh, I was gonna text her and tell her congratulations about this, or yes. I was gonna ask her about this, or whatever, and then, you know, it'll be a day or so before we can... Or we trade it. secrets about future dance places that are gonna yes. go all wrong. Oh, that's <laughs> right! Oh my god, you totally were right about that. She <laughs> saved me. So, I was feature dancing, about, it was about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I was, I can't remember the name of the club, but it was in Colleen, Texas, and she just happened to see on my Twitter or something that I was there, and this is, I don't know if I told you this part. So I was there and there was no inclination that there was anything wrong and I was sitting on my tour bus and um, my bodyguard was actually Brad, who's in Unbridled that you met, mm -hmm. owns the ranch we shot at. Okay. He was actually the person with me. Mm -hmm. So when I said Rachel's texting me, he knew exactly who I was, yeah. who you were. And I was sitting there and I, I guess I had a really weird look on my face because my uh, tour manager and my assistant and, and bodyguard and stuff were like, Storm, are you okay? And I was like, I have a really bad feeling. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know. I just need to get off the bus for a second. And, and I went outside and Brad followed me and he was like, are you okay, hon? 
And I was like, I have a really bad feeling something bad's gonna go wrong. And I said, have you been inside? And he's like, no, we're gonna do another sweep, make sure nobody looks dangerous. And you know, cause everybody's always worried about somebody trying to kill me or whatever. And he's like, I didn't see anything. They got the metal detector wands. And he's like, do you feel like, and I was like, maybe it's somebody else. So I go through and I check on all my important people and everybody's fine. I was like, I just can't shake this feeling that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I put my phone down, I got dressed and whatever. And a couple minutes later, I picked my, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, Rachel just texted me mm -hmm. and warned me that this club tried to screw her over mm -hmm. and they didn't pay me. She mm -hmm. was totally right. I had to, it was a big thing. I eventually got my money, mm -hmm. but yeah, we actually, um, I did, they gave me the option of not, because it started to pour, and so we lost the second crowd. Mm -hmm. And they gave me the option. I mean, it says in your contract that you have to do your, they, you have to, they have to pay you anyway. You do your show, whether there's 10 people or 10,000, like you were right. on stage. And because you had warned me, I opted to not do the show, because what would have happened was I would have done two shows that night and not gotten paid, which means I would have been doubly pissed, because I was already mad that they didn't pay me for the one. Mm -hmm. So she was totally right. Yeah, and it was it was I had literally done it like what like a month prior yeah. or something. And you said the same thing. You're like everything seemed fine. They were like bent over backwards and they were so nice. And that was the same thing because my bodyguard was actually like the guy seems really nice and there's never been a problem. And sure enough, same yeah. exact thing. He treated me like absolute dog shit. The second that he didn't get what he wanted from me, I, it was like I was just like cast to the dogs. It was like screw you. Yeah. Ugh. I was worried about you on that one. I was like, I don't need to say something to her about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm so glad that you did. Because that's, I mean, I've been, you know, doing appearances and dancing for a really long time, like probably 20 years. And I've had four or five places not pay me, which isn't that much considering the amount of traveling I've done. Most recently, for those of you who watched, or, or sorry, listened to the last podcast, uh, the club in Toronto, Yuck Yucks didn't pay me either because they knew that I couldn't come back to the country. Mm. And for those of you that listened to the last show and heard Denver's rant about that, yeah. So, it really sucks when you do a job and then they don't pay you and they know that it's going to cost you so much money to fight it, but <laughs> I still haven't learned my lesson and I'm always up for a good fight. I haven't learned my lesson not to myself in trouble. I've, I've been really, really fortunate in all of the years that I feature dance. I had one kind of sort of in the beginning in, um, in, on the East coast and I literally had to take it all the way to the police station and file theft of services. Or the That's what I tried to do in Colleen, but yeah. there was nobody at the police station that day because it was such a small town. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I had to, I had to file it and be like, you know, look, like I did my show. Here's the proof. Here's everything, you know, cause you like, you have fans that take pictures yeah. and whatever, even though they're not supposed to. And, um, and I had all the evidence that I needed and I was like, so these shows did happen and this is a hot check. Like this check is like no good. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that was theft of services, but yeah, so I eventually got it back. Where was your first feature dancing booking? Do you remember it? Oh God, my very first feature dance booking. So I started feature dancing back in the time of the dinosaurs. And I mean, we're talking like, this was like two, 2000, 2001. And then I, this is before I flew anywhere, had a bus. I drove everywhere. And at the time I was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where I'm from. And my first booking was in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Do you know how far of a drive that is? at 20 years old and you never like and this is before like navigation and cell phones and so like I had a map and I'm like oh god yeah and I get there and I'm driving up and down the street looking for this address it was a house <laughs> I drove all the way up there for some guy who booked me in his living room basically I mean it was a house that the guy had like turned into a bar 
but it was legit a house. Like I danced in the kitchen. Like it didn't have, like it wasn't a raised platform. Like it was straight up a house, a two story house. And the upstairs was three bedrooms. One was the office, one was the girls dressing room. And one, I wait for it, wait for it, is where I slept at night. Cause they didn't even give us hotel rooms. And I remember sleeping in this, like me, I had a twin bed and my roadie had a twin bed and we couldn't sleep cause the beer light was in the window. Oh no. <laughs> that was my first dance booking. Wow, I don't even remember. See, I came from house dancing, so I feel like it's all like blending together for me. I'm trying to think. Oh my God. Well, so do you know Rochelle Ryan? Yes. Okay, so I remember when I first started, I didn't, you know how like a lot of girls will have the games. Um, cooter ball. Yeah, cooter ball. Where you roll up the dollars and you throw it in a cup and get a poster. Yeah, so like I didn't know any of those games and I didn't kind of know how it all worked and went down. And so I actually roadied for her a couple of times um, just to kind of get a feel of it and, and kind of learn what I was doing. But I cannot for the life of me remember what my very first booking was wow like that's crazy because maybe you maybe, maybe it was actually worse than mine and you blocked it out yeah i just kind of like phased out like <laughs> oh that's a part of my life i don't need to remember well i showed up in some guy's living room <laughs> slept there and i just remember like i don't know if i could do this i drove so far but well how about how about uh, like rush week parties oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, there's no way this is real. Yeah. So I've been doing um, rush weeks uh, here in Texas uh, where I'm hired, whether it's like, you know, whatever fraternity it is, um, they'll hire me and I'll come in and, you know, I have security. I have like everything that I need um, and it's very structured, but it's basically a, a, a massive room and it's a whole bunch of chairs, just one huge circle. And they have bleachers. Yeah, for, they yeah. brought in bleachers, and for a stage, they got like old dining room tables that they got at like garage sales and yep. duct taped the legs together. So we yep. had like these two tables, yep. and, and you walk in, and it was like a hundred degrees in there. Yes, it oh was my god, so, it was so hot. hot. Oh, and, and there's guys in bleachers, and so and I was just like, "Welcome to Thunderdome, bitches!" Yes. <laughs> like, didn't we do something with like whipped cream too, oh, which made it even worse? We were like sticky. And we like, smelled so <laughs> bad driving home. <laughs> Cause that was what we did one in Austin and we had to drive all the way yes. back up here smelling like whipped cream. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So we, um, so that was, that was her. I, I brought her in on a lovely experience. Yeah. Most of them, you're welcome. My butt cheeks were like sticking together the whole ride home. <laughs> <laughs> So typically I would do them here locally in DFW, um, but this particular one, um, we went down to Austin and they wanted another girl and I'm like, hey, you want to make some money? And I think Letta Ocean was supposed to go with us, but she like flaked out or remember, something yeah. and like couldn't, I don't, I don't know if like she just didn't answer the phone or what. And so it ended up just being you and I, but I think they wanted three of us. Yeah. And then the next year you weren't available. Mm -hmm. So you just passed it to me mm -hmm. and I brought Electra Blue. Uh, oh, yeah, no, is that who I'm talking about? Aletta Ocean. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Electra Blue. Why would I, why did I say Aletta Ocean? Yeah, Electra Blue, I think that's Okay, the next year I did it, it was just me and her, and, like, I don't think she realized when the guys were, like, pouring shots all over or whatever, they were pouring alcohol on me, and she was licking it off. Yeah. <laughs> so then she got drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> because she was, like, licking, like, the booze off of me. Right, right, right. Not thinking, like, well, if it's, 
hey, it's still alcohol even if it's licked off of a nipple. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and was she doing body shots too? The whole thing. Oh, poor baby. It was pretty epic. That must have been a fun ride home if she was like hammered and you're not. Oh yeah. She like she's out of the sunroof and I was like, we're gonna need to make a stop at um, the McDonald's drive-through because <laughs> I need to throw a fish fillet down this bitch's throat. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was fine. Oh my god. But she's like such a good sport and she was so into it. But she was terrifying me because you and I were like, okay, these tables move. They're held together with like duct tape and hope. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. But she was like, she's such a crazy dancer and she was I was like, Oh, are we gonna make it? We're gonna but we did. We did. She's like a fantastic performer. Was it at the same place? Yes. Ugh, that's awesome. Maybe even the same tables. I'm not sure. That's hilarious. They were pre-sticky, so I'm going to go with it was the same tables. I was literally just hit up today from two different people to do Rush Week uh, here in Dallas, and I quit doing them because it's just... It's, it's, it's too a, sticky. It's a lot. It is so much work. I mean, you got to think, like, it's fraternity guys. They're drunk. They're hyped up. They haven't quite learned the etiquette it's not like you're in a strip club yeah. establishment where you know certain things aren't gonna like they're not gonna we're just, outnumbered yes we're <laughs> definitely outnumbered at a strip club at least like if they try to climb on the stage with you like there'd be somebody yeah. there to like pull them off um but uh yeah so it typically just happens they run out like a nightclub or something mm -hmm. and i just told him i was straight up i was like i, I gotta be honest like the floors are dirty. Like I'm, 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 I'm just like I'm really grumpy these days. You know, like I need a pristine environment. I'm like the floors are really dirty. My knees always get cut somehow. I leave with tons of bruises from people falling and you know spilling drinks all over me and my hair, my eyes. I was like, like I got Goldschläger in my hair. Yeah, and Jack Daniels in my butthole. Yes. <laughs> And I'm like, and I just, I'm just not down. I'm you know not. what we should do is we should just go in as grumpy old ladies and like bring in like the new girls and just watch them like Bambi's on ice. Oh God. <laughs> I can only imagine some of the disasters we would see. I already hear enough stories when I'm feature dancing. Oh, me too. Girls falling off stages or being completely like drunk out of their minds or like just whatever it is, passed out in the dressing room and they can't wake them up to get for their second oh stage gosh. show. So there's a girl and I won't, I won't call her out by name although um some people will definitely be able to guess who it is that I followed for a while like um I just happened to always kind of be behind her at clubs like within a couple weeks mm -hmm. and this is like this was several years ago and she was notorious for falling off the stage and she was in this club in Alabama and it's a really nice club the, the club owner there just takes amazing care of you like they put you in actually like a really nice hotel and mm -hmm. and all this stuff and it was one of those clubs that the there's a door on the stage, so you actually come from the backstage, you don't have to go through the crowd. Right. And it's like a runway stage with a pole at the end, and she came out full speed ahead and never slowed down. <gasps> right off the front of the stage. Like, didn't even... Oh. And that's how her, like, I guess, it, and I, this girl falls off the stage a lot. So what is it like? It was like every other club <laughs> yes, going I don't to, know. like, yeah, so-and-so fell off the stage right before you. Yeah, every, it was like six clubs in a row, and I was like... I started to think it was a gimmick for t like pity tips, but then I met her in person and it wasn't for pity tips. She's just she's just that clumsy. She, she's just that drunk. Oh god! <laughs> but the club owner was telling me the story about how he picked her up the next morning and drove her to the airport because he personally handles everything. Like you know, and she was like kind of a mess, and he was happy to get rid of her. And a couple hours later, the hotel called him and said that he had to come back to the room, and he was like, "What did she do?" It's on my credit card. Like, what, what did she do? And they wouldn't tell him on the phone. 
And he was like, God damn it, it's kind of a small town and they have my credit card and I do business with them every week and I really want to put, you know, yeah. the girls in this nice place and if this chick ruined it for everybody else, like whatever. But they would not tell him what the problem was on the phone. So he tells me the story and he drives down there and long story short, they, they were cleaning the room and opened the safe and she had left all of her money, like all of it, oh, like $8,000 in the safe. And he was like, in cash. And so they're like, we didn't want to tell you, what, you know, whatever. So he, they just give him a shoebox full of all this money and she had him straightened it and it was like the rolled up, like right. oh no. And he ended up going back and counting it and it was like over $8,000. And he just like waited for her to tell him what to do, tell him what to do with it. And I guess she like, a week went by and she never called or like called them. She like, oh like, my God. And then finally, I guess he, he, he did give it back to her, but he kind of wanted to wait and see like if she would ever reach out and she didn't. Oh my God. So tell me about this. Okay. So you, you've been in the business and you've done, you, I mean, so you're, you're feature dancing, you've done directing, you're, uh, been talent, you know, and you're also doing, um, comedy club now. Yes. So tell me about that. So that kind of started because, and this is the thing that's like really frustrating because a lot of people don't really understand that I am doing something different. Like I'm doing the House of Blues in New Orleans on January 31st, and this is Daisy, everybody. This yes. is Rachel's dog who loves me. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so I'm doing the House of Blues in. Actually, the first one I'm doing is in Vegas. This I don't know if this will be out before that. Um, during AVN, and then on January 31st, I'm doing the House of Blues in New Orleans, and then I'll, I have some other dates. And, but I've been doing this. But the way a lot of people think that when I post that I'm doing a show, they automatically think that I'm stripping, and I'm not like. It's two different things, so it's kind of confusing. So this this isn't any kind of like a perform like I'm not dancing or, or stripping, which I do still do. Um, but it came about because I wrote a book mm -hmm. called Full Disclosure, and it was a book that I've actually been working on for well over ten years, just collecting crazy stories that happened. And the original title of of it was supposed to be Why Me. So I collected all these really funny stories about you know being on sets and being a feature dancer for so long. And then later becoming a porn director because you see some crazy shit. Yeah. And the Donald Trump thing was really supposed to just be one of the short stories, you know, in that book. I always make the joke like, how was I going to write an entire book about 90 seconds? Yeah. So it was going to be like two pages. <laughs> and I like that you say 90 seconds. <laughs> I'm going to write a whole book about 90 seconds. Right. And so when I got the book deal, that's really what they wanted to focus on. So they wanted to like kind of tell you, like, they wanted it to be more of a biography than just these short stories. So a lot of what I considered to be like the funniest, most outrageous stories were edited out. And so then it was like, well, why don't you just write a second book? I'm like, one, I know how much work the first book was. Mm -hmm. Two, people don't read because like, like they're still asking me the same stuff that's in the book. Daisy. Daisy. She wants to steal the show. Sorry. Well, she is pretty cute. Um, and so Denver, who you guys met on my last podcast, Denver Next, um, that we met because he interviewed me for Rolling Stone, was like, well, you could do like a speaking word thing. He's like, you're really funny. And I go, I cannot speak in front of people. Like, I have this horrible fear of, of public speaking. And I don't really know. Even with feature dancing? I don't talk on stage. I will get, I've seen my butthole on a Jumbotron. Totally fine. <laughs> Don't ask me to give an oral book report in school. I will take a zero and hide under my desk. Like, oh my I was petrified. And I can't remember, like, the steps in between him suggesting it and me being on stage for the first time. I don't know how I convinced, how he convinced me to do this. Um, but it was 
the comedy clubs are the ones that like usually have people with a mic getting up and telling stories. Uh, I'm not a comedian in the sense that I write jokes and like it's not rehearsed material. I just get up and tell stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even remember what I do on stage. Like I walked off stage the first one and like was in shock and totally blacked out. And they were like, you were so great. And you know, I did two sold out shows back to back. And it wasn't until after the shows that we found out that like most comedians do like a solid seven minutes. Like it's like the perfect number. Like, cause you know, they usually have a bunch of comedians in a night. And then when you're considered to be like a really good comedian, you do 15 minutes. It's not until you get to like the Dane Cooks and the Kathy Griffins where they have TV specials that you even do an hour. My first booking, I did two hours. Woo. And they were like, this has never been done. You're a freak of nature. I'm like, yes. And I never want to do this again. And somehow like the word got out and they kept booking me. Okay. So now I'm a lot more comfortable at it. And, um, but the best part about the show is I go up and I do, you know, I talk and it's always different because I never really know what I'm going to say. But when people come to the shows, when they enter, they get a card, a note card, and they can write whatever they want on it, questions. And they bring them up to me during the show, so I don't see them in advance. Okay. And so the last third or so of my show is me literally just, and it's anonymous, so people say the most fucked up stuff. And I just answer the questions. And some of it's political, some of it's about horses, some of it's about porn, some of it's about dancing. And I can't tell you how many questions I read, and I'm like, hmm, go to a doctor. <laughs> like, why you need help? You, no, like, that's coming out of you? Like, I'm not, I'm a, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, no. Like, I get a lot of sex advice and, like, you know, they want to ask, like, oh, how do I get my girlfriend to, like, deep throat? Like, I get a lot of stuff like that. But I have girls, right, and be like, so I've got this thing going on. And I'm like, <gasps> you're comfortable, like, at a comedy show? Yes. What the fuck is wrong with and they, I mean, it happens at least once every show where I read something and say, I don't know whose question this is because nobody puts their names. It's completely anonymous. Um, but you shouldn't even be here right now. You need to go call your doctor. You need antibiotics. Wow. Yeah. So you never know what you're going to get. And some of it's very funny and some of it's very snarky and some of it's very serious. And um, you just, that's where the show goes sideways sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you just never know. Like sometimes it gets really dark. Like people want to talk about like childhood abuse. And I mean, that's not super common, but it's just like everything is off the cuff. Wow. So now that I've completely sold my show about how... <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you guys excited? But that's really cool though because it's always going to be different. Like it's on, always on, different. On every single platform that you could possibly imagine. Like you have no idea what those questions are going to be. I mean the crowd is different. Mm-hmm. You know, even, you know, culturally it might be different. Because are you doing international or is it just in the nation? I did. Right I now? did international. I did the shows in Canada. And then I was... Um, I had something booked in Hong Kong but then all that, you know... so no I canceled it they keep asking me to go to Singapore and I'm very hesitant because I know how strict the laws are about okay if you go to Singapore I want to go with you but there was like certain words I wasn't supposed to say on stage and I was like I can't do my show without talking about porn oh so like I'm kind of like thinking I'm not going to do that one but porn is illegal in Singapore something yeah it was like you know and you can't can't, I, I don't know it just seemed like too risky yeah. And Denver was the one that was like, oh, make sure you do this because he'd actually been there before and was telling me about it. And I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. Um, yeah, because aren't they the one that's like if you spit, spit on the sidewalk or, or something? something. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Or like if you steal something, they cut off your hand. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to even try that. But um, I might go to Tokyo. I've spoken in England before because I spoke at the Oxford Union, which it was like 
crazy because I've never had an adult person, like a porn star, speak at the Oxford Union, mm -hmm. which was the most terrified I've ever been. And the only reason why I know that I was at the Oxford Union is because there's video of it because I don't remember any of it. And not because I was drunk, but because I was fucking terrified. Yeah, you just blacked out. Yeah. You're like, okay, autopilot, let's go. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. So yes, I'm doing that. And But you have a lot of different stuff going on too. Um, I mean, w within the industry or without, or Everything. outside, yeah. Um, she's like, she's very diverse, which is one of the things I really like about <laughs> Rachel as well. Yeah, so, um, I mean, within the industry, I'm, you know, I film probably 15 movies a year, um, so I always get asked the question, are you retired, are you retired, and it's like, no, I'm not retired, no, I don't have any plans of retiring anytime soon, um, I just, I'm to the point where it's like, okay, 15 scenes a year, that's good for me, Yeah. I'm always happy to show up on set, I give my all, and they're amazing scenes, and they sell like crazy, but outside of that... Um, I just want to focus on my content. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, my, my website, the rachelstar.com, my OnlyFans, my social media, like social media is huge for me. Like that's, that's me commenting back. That's me retweeting. That's me. Like it's, it, it is a full time Oh, I know. Job. I've seen your home office with, I mean, you have like, like how many computers do you need? And you're like, oh, this one's for this and this one's for that. Yeah. Yeah. I have different computers. So there's a computer in this room. There's a computer in that room. I have my laptop. I have my iPad Pro. Like. I am LinkedIn solid everywhere I go. Um, so it's a lot to keep up with. Um, but my goal was how can I be at home in Dallas a lot more? Right. Um, because I was spending 75% of my time on the road, which you're very, yeah. very keen to. It's, it is draining. It is. I mean, living out of a suitcase, always in a different city. You know, it, it's not like you get to, you, oh, the, my favorite restaurant is right down the street. Like, and you know what you want. Like, it's not like you can. Or just, just where to find something in the line. Yeah, and order sure, any tampons. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't have to Google it now. Absolutely, and and then just the fact of um, God, even our blackout curtain situation. What is wrong with hotels that can't make proper blackout curtains? It is so because they want you to leave. Ugh. Um, and, but, and cheap toilet paper. Yeah, I'm very picky about my toilet paper. One ply toilet paper. What is this? Um, Four star my ass. Yeah, you will not like my Yelp review. Yes, <laughs> um, but even just being able to like pop over. I mean, like you hit me up yesterday, and it was just kind of like, hey, you know, I can come over it too. And it's like, great. You can't do that when you're on the road. No, you know, you don't have that luxury. And then you also have like, there's the pressure of the family and the friends that they give you. We never see and you. Daisies. Yeah, like we never see you. We never get to, you know, oh, you miss this function, you miss this event, and it's hard you know, to be on the road that much. So I was just like, okay, what, what do I have to change in my brand, in my whole, you know, um, uh, And it makes, the fans, it makes the fans happier too. Yeah, because I'm way more engaged with them now. Yeah, and they like the idea that when they spend money on your stuff that it's going straight to you. Yes. And then when you do do an appearance, mm -hmm. it's more special. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody's like, are you retired? Are you retired? And, and I was like, no, I'm not retired. I'm just too busy. Yeah. But I do, I mean, I have a new scene coming out, and it's only coming out on my OnlyFans. Yes, that's going to be awesome. And that's, you know, I know what it is. She does, <laughs> and it's something no one's ever seen before. I didn't get to see it, though. I'll show it to you when we're done here. Ooh, is there already a trailer made? No, but I have some of it on my phone because I'm a dirty bitch. <laughs> I love it. So do you have any um, plans on directing anything for digital playgrounds? So I am, I am still technically on a contract with them. I just haven't done anything um, because I've just been so 
not enough brain space, not enough bandwidth to sit down and write. And I really only like to direct stuff that I write. And, and I also wrote a book, <laughs> which took a lot out of me. Um, and I actually just hit them up uh, yesterday saying, hey, I've got some ideas. I'm finally feeling kind of like the book's out of my system and the book tour is kind of, you know, I'm still selling books if everybody wants one, obviously, but the, the initial, like, when a book first comes out, like, right. the mandatory, like, book signings and, and interviews and stuff where you have to go and read portions of what you wrote and stuff. And I put a lot of really, really personal stuff in it, which was very emotionally, like, draining for me. Did you do an audio of it? There is one, but I was in Germany when they needed it, so it's not me actually reading it. Okay. But I, I don't think it's advertised as me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was still just very emotionally like, oh my God, you know, yeah. like there's nothing private left at all. Um, so I just needed some time to like regenerate, I think creatively, mentally. So I'm just now back to like, oh, I have an idea for a script. I have an idea for a script. So I emailed Digital Playground yesterday and I, and we want to set something up and talk about like coming back. Cause I really do miss writing and directing. I just needed a break. Cause for the last 15 years I've written and directed 10 movies a year for Wicked. Yeah. And that's just a lot of new ideas to like do. And I was doing the editing and the, you know, the production schedules and the shoot schedule and the, you know, everything was the me. Budgeting, everything. everything was me. Um, so yes, I'm back to it, but I do have something exciting to say. Yes. What is I that? am directing a mainstream short <gasps> in April and it's called One Night in Tulsa. And I want you to be in it. Oh my God. And it's mainstream and it's, we're, you know, it's nothing adult and we're shooting in Oklahoma. Can you say what part I would have? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, what I there's a couple parts I want you to pick from. Okay. Oh, ooh, I get this too. Yeah, it's not. None of the parts are, are none of the female parts are big because it's it's actually based on well, a true I do story. Have some big female parts. That's true. <laughs> Mine are bigger. <laughs> they are bigger. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of kind of like little funny parts that um, you can kind of take your pick from, but. And it's going to be in Tulsa. We're shooting in Tulsa. So I it's a that. quick little flight for yes. you. Well, I'd probably drive up there. So is that a yes? Yes. yes that's she a said yes, everybody. In April. And I don't have anything booked in April. There we go. So that's awesome. So how long would we be up there? Do you even know? Or? Uh, I think it's like it's quick because it's a short. Okay. So the whole running time of the script is like 30 minutes. Okay. So I only need you for like one or two days. Oh, okay. Like come up the night before, shoot, and then leave that. Well, actually, it's going to be – the whole movie's a night shoot. Because the whole it's called One Night in Tulsa, okay. and it takes place. It's linear. It takes place over twelve hours, so everything's at night. Ah, okay, very cool. Oh, then we can find like a Western horseback ride. Yes, you can meet Clark, yes. my fabulous attorney that yes. puts me to work. When but I you still have to teach me how to English ride. Like I've never. So in in the history of me riding horses, which I've been riding since real horses. Was, this is not a euphemism. Yes, yes, very real horses. Um, I've only done Western riding. I've never even sat in an English saddle. And you told it's me that you were, yeah. yeah, you were telling me that it's like just a very different experience. Yeah. But we're, I was always supposed to go out to your place and yeah, and we'll, we'll have to do that too. But when we go to Oklahoma, we can go ride. Yeah, that would be so awesome. Is any of it going to be in that kind of a setting? No, but no. it's it's you know my attorney has a ranch there, so we can just go there. You can stay an extra day or come a day early. Yeah, see stay a day because I can't have you being too sore to like be in the movie, even though it's not sex. Well, maybe. <laughs> Hey, you never know what's going on. Can't happen. take her anywhere, guys. <laughs> so I, that's awesome. Yeah, so everything happens.
happened because the last time I saw you, you had like this grand idea mm -hmm. that like you were still trying to piece together like how yeah. you wanted to make it happen and what it was about. And yeah, and I'm still trying to piece together the other big part I told you about, which is still a secret for now. But okay, this one's coming together. Okay. Oh, so this isn't the same one you were talking about. It is a part of it. Oh, part of it. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna be filming the filming of this. Oh, there's so many there's secrets. So, many secrets. so, so many you'll secrets. have to keep listening. Yes, that's awesome. Well, I don't think that we should give away too much. And Definitely. we've been talking our heads off. I should have known this was going to be longer than 25 or 30 minutes. Yes. <laughs> but um, so I say that that will bring this to a close. So Definitely. Thank you so much. So real quick, your actual social media, because we were talking about this earlier, how many fakes are out there? Oh, yes. So what is your real Twitter and your real Instagram? Uh, okay, so my real Instagram is at Rachel Star, R A C H E L S T A R R. My real Twitter is Rachel Star XXX. And so my Twitter is twitter.com slash Stormy Daniels. And my Instagram is instagram.com the Stormy Daniels. And we both have the blue check marks on everything. Yes, like blue check marks on everything, absolutely. And, and we both have OnlyFans. Yes, both have OnlyFans, and you have Cameo. You were gonna teach me about Cameo, so I, I might. I haven't. I haven't made a full commitment, but I might get on Cameo. She's yeah. gonna show me what it's about. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But we both have OnlyFans, and that's the only place to really chat. And what is your Cameo for my? It's just Cameo.com/slash/StormyDaniels. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. They they are pretty strict. They don't give your name. Like it, you have to like prove. Okay, they're the best. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, well that is gonna wrap this up and thank you so much for being here and coming thank to you. visit me at my house. Yes, love you. Absolutely, I love you too. Okay, and that concludes it. Thank you all and come see, what is your um, podcast that you wanna give your Oh, uh, Taking the World by Storming. Okay, so you can see more of her on her podcast and more of me on my podcast, The Rachel Star, and we are out guys, bye. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy. For information, tour dates, and merch, visit stormydaniels.com. To have Stormy send a personal video message to someone you love or hate, go to cameo.com forward slash stormydaniels. You can find exclusive uncensored pics and clips from the podcast on Stormy's OnlyFans page. And for those brave enough, follow Stormy at twitter.com forward slash stormydaniels. Thanks for listening to Taking the World by Stormy.